Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing in our series called Return to Me, and I'll Return to You. Malachi 3.7 says, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, In what way shall we return? Well, the way God wanted his people to return was in the tithe, in honor and reverence to him. Like we said yesterday, why would anyone not want to tithe? Excuses, pride, selfishness, or lack of faith? Hebrews, in talking about our steadfast hope, connects this hope with the truth that Jesus is the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In Hebrews six nineteen through 20, it says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The significance of Melchizedek is major. It's the first glimpse we find for the tithe being presented to the high priest. The full truth and legality of Christ as our Savior, his divinity, and our high priest lies solely on the truth of Melchizedek. If we discount Melchizedek, We'll have to discount Christ. Today we're going to go beyond the elementary. I'll explain that in a few. But you see, the facts concerning Melchizedek are extremely important to our faith, our redemption, and have everything to do with our Messiah. The truth of Melchizedek is beyond the elementary. Beginning in Hebrews chapter 5, we hear about the qualifications for high priesthood. And verse 4 is important. It says, And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. No man simply means no man, only he who is called by God himself. That being the case, we need to ask, was Christ called by God? Well, verse 5 and 6 continues, and I like the Living Bible version. It says, that is why Christ did not elect himself to the honor of being high priest. No, he was chosen by God. God said to him, my son, today I have honored you. And another time God said to him, you've been chosen to be a priest forever with the same rank as Melchizedek. That's out of Psalm 110 verse 4. With the same rank as Melchizedek? Who is Melchizedek? Well, like I said, this is not elementary. The opposite of elementary is advanced. Two quotes of God are stated in these verses. My son, today I have honored or begotten you. This can be found in Psalm 2.7. 
It says, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Begotten means to bear, bring forth, and to give birth. You've been chosen a priest forever with the same rank or order as Melchizedek. Order means as in a military company. And the implication is with the same legality and authority. And that's a straight quote from Psalm 110 verse 4, which says, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Oh my, God made a declaration he swears by. Another way to say it would be he gave an oath of his word. His oath is that Christ is the eternal high priest forever after the order or the legality and the authority of Melchizedek. Notice God did not say he would be. He said he is. Two more excellent versions. In the Message Bible, it says God gave his word and he won't take it back. You're the permanent priest, the Melchizedek priest. And in the Living Bible, it says Jehovah has taken an oath and will not rescind his vow that you are a priest forever like Melchizedek. Well, Houston, we have a problem. The writer of Hebrews declares what the problem is. The people are not understanding this advanced, this beyond the elementary truth. Hebrews 5, 10 through 14, continuing in the Living Bible, it says, For remember that God has chosen him to be a high priest with the same rank as Melchizedek. There is much more I would like to say along these lines, but you don't seem to listen, so it's hard to make you to understand. You've been Christians a long time now, and you ought to be teaching others, but instead you have dropped back to the place where you need someone to teach you all over again the very first principles in God's word. You are like babies who can drink only milk, not old enough for solid food. And when a person is still living on milk, it shows he isn't very far along in the Christian life and doesn't know much about the difference between right and wrong. He is still a baby Christian. You'll never be able to eat solid spiritual food and understand the deeper things of God's word until you become better Christians and learn right from wrong by practicing doing right. Boy, that's a fabulous translation. The New King James Version calls it being unskilled in the word of righteousness. Well, I don't know about you, but I do not want to be a baby Christian unskilled in the word of righteousness. So what's our context? It's Melchizedek beyond the elementary. Hebrews chapter 6 continues the discourse with this opening statement. Hebrews 6, 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. You see, there are six foundational principles of Christ called the elementary principles. We need to understand them before we can go on to perfection. The Amplified Version says it this way, Therefore, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrine of Christ, the Messiah, advancing steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. Yes, let's move beyond the elementary and head toward spiritual maturity. The six elementary principles are repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. How many Christians do you know that can explain the elementary principles of the doctrine of baptisms? Notice it's plural, meaning more than one. Hmm. 
Can we move on to the advanced principles? Well, Hebrews continues. Hebrews 6.3, and this we will do if God permits. Well, have we left our context of Melchizedek? No, we have much more to learn. As a matter of fact, we'll read about this advanced subject concerning Melchizedek all the way through chapter 7, the qualifications of the high priest. Are you ready to go beyond the elementary? Malachi 3.7 again, Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, in what way shall we return? And as we've discussed before, it's in tithes and offerings. Let's talk about Melchizedek, the high priest and king. In Genesis chapter 14, we find the fascinating and only appearance of Melchizedek. There was a severe war of five kings against four kings, actually five armies against four armies. It was the kings and their armies of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and Bela, or Zor, against Elam, Goyim, Shinar, and Elisar. What's interesting is that the four kings beat the five kings and took all their goods, provisions, women, and people. Abram heard about it and realized his nephew Lot and his wife and children who lived in Sodom were taken away. He formed an army of 318 men from his household and pursued the four armies. Think of it, 318 men against four armies who already beat five armies. Amazingly, Abram, with God's help, beat the four kings' armies and was bringing back Lot, his goods, the women, and the people to Sodom. The king of Sodom was so thrilled, he went to meet Abram in the valley. And in verse 21, he offered to give Abram all the goods and the king would keep the people. That's a pretty nice offer. But Abram said no. Why? Because the king of Salem came there too. Not only was he the king of Salem, but his name was Melchizedek, and he was the priest of the Most High. An incredible exchange took place. Genesis fourteen eighteen through 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of the Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, being Abram, gave him, being Melchizedek, a tithe of all. Who is this Melchizedek, both king and high priest? How did he become high priest? How did Abram know he was the high priest? Who is this king of Salem? Where did he come from? Where did he go? Why did Abram give him a tithe of all? Why is there no more mention of Melchizedek in the entire Old Testament other than Psalm 110 verse 4? Who were these king's parents? And why didn't Abram take the king of Sodom's offer? One answer we know so far, and that's why Abram did not take the king's offer. For Genesis 14, 23 through 23 said, But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I make a promise to the Lord, the God most high, who made heaven and earth. I promise that I will not keep anything that is yours. I will not keep even a thread or a sandal strap so that you cannot say, I've made Abram rich. Notice very carefully what Abram said to the king of Sodom. He said he would not keep what is his. Well, what did he just do? He just gave a tithe of all to the high priest, the king of Salem, Melchizedek. And he gave the remaining 90% back to the king of Sodom. Now, did you get that? Was that because of the law? No, the law did not exist at that time. But the principle of tithing did. 
Abram did not ask the king of Sodom if it was all right. He just gave it to the king of Salem. Abram honored, gave reverence, and thanksgiving to God by giving a tithe of all to the high priest. Then he returned the 90% to the king of Sodom so he could never say that he made Abram rich. Why didn't the king of Sodom make any comment about the tithe given to the king of Salem? I believe because both an I believe because both Abram and the king of Sodom knew it was not theirs. It was the Lord's. They understood the tithe was to be given to the Lord. Only 90% truly belonged to the king of Sodom. What about all the other questions we need to answer? Well, they do not seem to be answered here, but we will find the answers in the New Testament. Let's go back to Hebrews and continue where we left off, moving from the elementary to the advanced. Hebrews 6.3, in the Amplified Version, if indeed God permits, we will now proceed to advanced teaching. I hate to stop here, but our time is up. The good news is we can continue tomorrow. So tune in here at the same time and same place, and we'll continue with our teaching on Return to Me, and I'll Return to You, says the Lord of Hosts. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's The Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.